Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 43, and we are going to take a quick look at the book of Psalm. We're going to be reading from Psalm chapter 25, verses 4 through 6, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. So let's jump into this puppy. It says, "Show me your ways, O Lord; teach me your paths; guide me in your truth and teach me." For you are God my savior and my hope is in you all day long. Remember O Lord your great mercy and love for they are from of old. The first thing that got my attention about this passage is show me your ways O Lord. In particular, show me your ways. If you want God to show you something or to clarify something, ask him. If you want to know God's ways, Ask him. He will show you. He will speak to you. He will speak to your heart and he will guide you. See, that is a a God that is very much driven on relationship and fellowship. You know, if someone tells you that God doesn't care and he's just a distant God and doesn't care what happens to people, that is a lie straight out of the depths of hell. It's completely wrong. because it goes against what this says right here in this verse it says show me your ways o lord well if you're asking someone to show you something that means you are expecting them and you're asking them to reciprocate and to do some kind of action well if god didn't care about his people why would anyone ask him show me your ways o lord it goes on to say teach me your paths god's way is true And there is only one path to God and that is holiness. There are multiple paths to death and destruction. We are not called to any of those paths. Even though the world may try and deter us, that's not what we're called to do, not a single one of us. And it is possible to be in this world and be holy and have a good fun lifestyle. It just needs to be moral, good and true and appropriate. You know, like for example, when I was a kid, I used to read the Vogue magazine. I loved Vogue. I don't anymore because it's gotten so political, and sometimes it's sexually disturbing some of the things that are in there. And I'm just like, you know, where where's the classiness? Where where's the decorum? What they don't realize is that they have degraded the female body. We're not supposed to do that. And what's interesting is that when they degrade the female body, it technically also degrades the male body. And then it flows over into degrading the holy family. It degrades marriage. There's a problem with that. It's not what God wants. God doesn't want anyone or anything that he makes or blesses degraded. So needless to say, there are so many magazines besides Vogue that I do not read anymore. This verse goes on to say, "Guide me in your truth and teach me." We need to be careful what seeds we plant in our life. Because whatever we plant will grow roots and it will get stronger. 
We need to have God's word be amazingly strong in our life and the only way it can be strong in our life is to read his word, meditate on his word and love his word. You know, I've said in times past in this podcast that, you know, back in the day, there used to be books in the Bible that I couldn't stand to read. In fact, I hated some of them. And it bothered me that I hated them. And so I finally took it up in prayer and I said, "Lord, help me to understand what you're saying because I know I wasn't raised right and I have a feeling that the reason why I don't like some of the books in the Bible is because I was not taught correctly. And the reason why I was not taught correctly was because I was raised in a cult and women were not always treated very well. So there were certain books in the Bible that I would read, it would it would remind me of my painful childhood. And so I had to ask God because I couldn't do it on my own. I had to ask God, take away the pain of my childhood. Take away the pain of the cult I was raised in and take away these horrible memories. Replace them with new beginnings. And that's what God did. And only God can do that. A psychiatrist can't do that. A psychologist can't do that. That that's not their job. They can help people. but only god can help us in the way that we really need in terms of that kind of tremendous pain and god can heal he promises healing so we might as well go to him and get our healing because it's very important to us this passage goes on to say for you are god my savior and my hope is in you all day long i love this for you are god my savior if we don't know that god is our savior then we're not going to know that we can be saved and that we are loved, we are valued, we are treasured. That's why it is important to know that there is a God and to believe in God and that he is very active in our lives. He wants to be active in our lives. You know, he wants that fellowship. He wants relationship with us. That that's why he made us to be the human beings that we are, that we we love to interact with people. We want and desire fellowship. Well, that is exactly what God longs with and for us. That's why we have that desire because God gave it to us. And my hope is in you all day long. What are we hoping for? Are you hoping for a brand new job, a high paying job, or are you hoping for a wonderful spouse? Are you hoping for a pregnancy? or are you allowing fear and dread to manipulate your mind and your heart and to convince you that there is no hope right here in this verse it says and my hope is in you all day long it doesn't say that my hope is temporary it doesn't say my hope is fluctuating it doesn't say well i only have hope when i'm awake or i only have hope when i'm not at my job that i don't like or i only have hope when i go to church that's not what it says it says and my hope is in you meaning god our father all day long meaning never ceasing never ending now again that doesn't mean we lock ourselves in a bunker or a basement and read our bible all day for hours and hours and hours and never interact with anyone that's not what that means it means that regardless of where we work what we do where we live that we have hope living inside us all day long 
And that hope comes from Jesus Christ. See, when we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. It renews our mind, our heart, our soul, and it also renews our bodies. So that's where also we get that healing. We are getting our healing from God. And what a treasure it is to have a wonderful counselor such as the Holy Spirit. That's a, that is a wonderful present for God to give to us. So don't throw that away. Do not throw that away. That is a wonderful gift that God gives you. It's a beautiful gift. The passage goes on to say, "Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old." This spoke volumes to me because when it says, "For they are from of old." You know, I've met people over the years that have said that well God doesn't really care about us anymore. That was just the Old Testament. He doesn't really talk to anybody. He doesn't interact with people. Or, you know, Jesus healed people in the New Testament, but that doesn't apply today. Those are lies straight out of the depths of hell. And right here we see that all of God's promises are true. They they are from of old, but they are current. Each and every day they are made brand new and it says it right here Remember O Lord your great mercy and love for they are from of old It doesn't say they don't exist anymore in fact it says the opposite It's saying remember O Lord The writer is saying remember O Lord your promises your covenants all these wonderful things that that you have given mankind They are from of old, and they are never ceasing, never ending, always enduring, ever present. See, whenever people say that you know God is not really involved in our lives, you know He's He's there, but He doesn't really participate in anything. Have you not read the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, where God is directly involved in people's lives all the time? What's interesting is that. God is involved in people's lives all the time in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New Testament, God is involved in people's lives all the time via his son Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the the Jewish Messiah. Those promises and covenants of the old and the new are for you and for me because we are the seed of Abraham. God's covenants and promises are always yes and amen, which means they are always current. Yes, they are from of old, but they are promises and covenants that he never breaks. See, the devil wants us to think that oh, that's old school, that's from a long time ago, that's from hundreds or thousands of years ago. God doesn't care about his creation that much anymore. And the devil has gone so far as to convince people that we are not God's creation, that we just randomly happened or that we evolved or something. Well, that makes no sense whatsoever because it goes directly against God's holy word. You and I did not evolve from monkeys. We don't have the same DNA. If we had actually evolved from monkeys then we would be able to have a heart transplant from a monkey but our organs are not interchangeable they are not human 
and we are not wildlife, you know. But the devil would want us to believe that we are because the devil does everything he can to degrade whatever God makes. Degradation is never holy. But yet the devil tries to convince us, "Oh, it's it's God's will for you to be poor. If you're not poor, if if you're not broke, then you're not humble and God doesn't love you." Oh, you want to be cured of cancer? Well, you know, don't do that. God's trying to teach you something. No. Those things are lies from hell. Don't believe those lies. All of God's promises are yes and amen. And God's promises are true. He promises us he promises us long life. He promises us health. He also promises us blessing, abundance, prosperity. Technically no one in the body of Christ should ever be poor. And that may offend some people, but if it offends you, it's because you have believed a lie. You have believed that Christians are supposed to be poor and that poor people are supposedly more humble and more Christian, excuse me, and more of a believer than rich people, and that's not true. See, that's the devil trying to degrade the body of Christ and pull us apart. But yet Jesus is trying to pull us together because we are his flock. We are not the devil's flock. We are Jesus's flock. What what kind of a god or savior would be okay with one of his sheep dying? Or or experiencing some tragedy and going, "Oh, well, I'm trying to teach you a lesson." No. No, no. No, no, no. Do not listen to a wolf and expect to have a good life. That's like asking the devil to pray for you and then wonder why your life isn't that great. You know, King David when he was a a teeny bopper, a teenager, he didn't go to Goliath to ask for his advice. He went out to Goliath to defeat him, to destroy him. We need to stop making alliances with our enemies. We are supposed to defeat our enemies. See, because whatever we tolerate is what we allow to contaminate. We can't afford to do that, and the body of Christ has fallen into a bad habit of just believing anything and everything because it's wrapped in a false shroud of holiness. Well, if something's false, then it's not really holy. You know what I always found interesting is that when I was Catholic, we would have these priests come visit us from all these different countries, especially India, because any India is very poor and has a lot of different diseases there, and they would always ask us for money. And it's like, wow, why would I give to something that has a poverty mindset? See, th- these priests would lecture us about how bad the rich are but yet they were asking for our money it's like well if you think my money is bad then why do you want it 
See, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. I cannot tell you how many times I would be sitting there in the pew thinking, this doesn't feel right. Because if this priest actually wanted to help his people, he would go out and get a good job. You know, he would go out and be an engineer or a computer programmer or be a lawyer and help his parish that way. But you see here's the thing. False religions teach teach false theologies. And false theologies always lead to some path of destruction. It never leads to the blessing of God. Hence these people were very poor. They believed in this false belief that God has called them to holiness. And what was really bad, especially in the Catholic Church, is that priests and nuns, but specifically priests, the majority of them have to take a vow of poverty. Why are you siding with the devil? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you should be poor all the days of your life and it's only the poor that are holy. I mean there there's just kind of this self-righteousness with it. And it's like, you know, if these priests actually went out and got a good job or maybe invented something and made millions of dollars, they could help their archdiocese, they could help their parishes. But you see because they believe in a false doctrine, a false theology, they're not able to help their own people and they are they are the shepherd of their flock. But they're not leading their flock in the right direction. And these priests that are from these other countries, they always come to the United States to ask for money. They're not going to Europe They're not going, you know, to China to ask for money. They're not going to Australia. They're they're going to where they know the money is. Well, isn't that greed? Isn't that coveting someone else's goods? And what's interesting, hardly anyone agreed with me on that because they had they had bought into this false theology about money. They obviously don't know that in God's house In our father's house are many mansions. You know, God doesn't have trailer parks in heaven. And if you live in a trailer park, you need to ask God for a house, and you need to believe God for a house. Because God wants you to have the best. Here's another thing these people don't realize from the church I used to go to. They don't realize that the the streets in heaven are made of gold. So if God had a problem with wealth or riches or jewels, he wouldn't have those things in his house cuz look where God lives. I mean, really the only place that's asphalt after we die is hell. Is that where any of us want to go? No. We're supposed to have things on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that from this verse here. It says, "Show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths." Well, if we're asking God to show us his ways, why would we doubt 
the blessings that he wants to give us in our lives. Why would we doubt the goodness of God? Doubt doesn't lead to faith or courage. Doubt leads to fear and not believing in God. It it leads to unbelief. You know, we have to believe in the goodness of God as the people of God. Cuz technically that's part of our responsibilities. Because if we don't believe in the goodness of God and if we don't believe in his word, what's the point of preaching his word? What's the point of teaching his word if we don't believe it? I mean, I've met some preachers over the years that they don't believe what they preach, and I can tell because they're not living a good holy life. And I don't mean in terms of like adultery or lust. I mean in terms of they're broke all the time, they complain about money. Well, my my goodness. Go get a better job, but, you know, be a preacher on the weekends. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, take a money management class. Write a book, invent something. You know, the work of our hands, the the fruit of our labor. Always find it interesting whenever I I meet people that they have this self-righteous attitude. They complain about not having enough, but yet they're not willing to work for it. It's one thing if someone can't work, you know, like for example, if they're ill or disabled, which they should be healed, we should lift up healing prayers for them. And also they should get the best medical care on the planet to get them out of that rut. But I'm talking about people that can work and refuse to work. And they put on this self-righteous act. But yet they they expect other people to pay their bills. That's not right. God supplies all of our needs. And whenever people choose poverty, you're basically slapping God in the face saying, "No, I know what to do." Well, obviously you don't if you're choosing poverty or if you're just accepting poverty as a way of life. Poverty is a curse in the Bible. It's not a blessing. There is no honor in being poor. You know, whenever God blesses his people, he blesses them with land, silver, gold, cattle, livestock, I mean, you name it, he blesses them with it. God doesn't bless people with disease, poverty, lack and death because no those are blessings, those are curses. You know the Bible is very clear about that. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, so choose life. We need to ask God to show us his ways. be teachable, be pliable, be moldable. You know, technically every single one of us we are we are we are the pot and our heavenly father wants to mold us. You know, we we are the clay. But if we tell God, "No, I know how to mold myself. I I know how to become a vase." 
If we already knew that, then we wouldn't need God's help. But obviously, we do need God's help. So we need to be moldable and give God a chance to help us. Not some false doctrine, not some self-help book that doesn't even acknowledge that God exists. We need to give God a chance to help us because he wants to help us. His promises are yes and amen. His promises and covenants they've technically been around since the beginning of time because his holy word was with God in the beginning. Just because it wasn't on paper yet that doesn't mean it did not exist. There are so many people that they fall away from Jesus, they fall away from the church because they don't believe God's word is true. They will believe other things on the internet. They will believe things from a blog or from a magazine, but they don't believe in God. That breaks my heart. That saddens me. Because they're missing out on the goodness of God. They're missing out on the blessing of Abraham. They're missing out on everything that is good and true and holy. You know, this world is tough as it is. You know, our lives sometimes it can be really hard. But if we don't know that all we have to do is cast our care onto the Lord, he will take care of it. He will take care of us. But we first need to know and believe in God. He wants to have fellowship with us. Fellowship is so important. If we did not long for fellowship, then we wouldn't seek it. Like for those that say, I don't need church, I can just stay at home and watch it online. Well, Let's say you want to go to a music concert. Let's say you want to see Pearl Jam or something. Don't you like to be in person to see them? See, that that's you longing fellowship. It's not just entertainment. You are longing fellowship. And you want to be there with other people that like Pearl Jam or whoever you're going to see. God wants you to believe in him and give him a chance to help you. But if you never enter his house, he can't bless you the same way. Is God everywhere? Yes. But why would you miss the opportunity to enter his holy temple? See cuz when you are around other believers, you are strengthened, you are renewed. It's an amazing experience. And what's even better is that it's not a concert it's a holy it's a holy ceremony technically and all of you are uniting yourselves with god in worship and you can be healed you can be saved you can be restored you can be renewed none of those things can happen at a music concert But those things happen all the time when we go and worship our heavenly father. When we actually go to a place of worship. It's very important that we recognize that 
God wants to show us his ways. He wants to teach us and he wants us to be on the right path. You know, there are so many paths in this life, but they don't always lead to happiness. You know, we can have sex, drugs and alcohol all day all day and all night, but that is a temporary destructive pleasure. Why go with a temporary destructive pleasure when you can have the real thing? See, wh- why take on the counterfeit when you can have the original? And the original is Jesus Christ. The original is our heavenly Father. The original is the Holy Spirit. You know, if if you want a great marriage, ask God for a great marriage. If you have a drug addiction problem, ask God to deliver you of that. Ask him to help you to find good things to enjoy in life. If you have an alcohol problem, Ask God to help you with that issue so that you will not overdrink. There's nothing wrong with having a drink here and there, but if you have an alcoholism problem, then that means you're overindulging. Ask God to help you with that. See, God can take what is meant for your harm and turn it in for your good. Only our heavenly Father can do that. People can't do that. Satan surely is not going to do that for you. He wants you to fail. But God wants you to succeed in everything that you do. So by all means, give God a chance to help you. Give him a chance to help you become successful because that's what God wants for you. We worship the one true holy God. He makes the impossible possible. Take everything to him. Give him a chance to love you. Give him a chance to help you. He will do it because he's your heavenly father and he loves you. Until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye-bye.